Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Phony gon' recognize, still, still I reckon I will Like we always do with this time Shout out to everybody out there. You are now listening to the KIRP radio show. You rocking with your host, Pudgy, and we are live on the air, ready to do what we do best, baby, and bring you guys nothing but the truth. And we definitely got to keep it 100, definitely keeping it real. Shout out to everybody who attended the show last week and all the listeners who's on the show this week in L.A. and Washington, D.C. And I know you guys are kind of mad in D.C. because the scans took that L today. And uh, it just wasn't pretty, man. Y'all need to, you guys got to do something. I, I don't know, man. Y'all, you got to forgive me. I, I know I'm breathing like a fat man over here. No, shout out to all the fat people out there. It's all love, man. I love y'all. It ain't no, you know, no ridicule or 
you know, nothing like that. Got nothing against you, but you know, we breathe when you're kind of big, you breathe heavy. So it's just a fact. It's a medical fact. Anyway, I'm breathing kind of heavy because my voice is gone once again. Between the show, between speaking in various places, between coaching and mentoring, I lose my voice. And uh, you know, my my little league team, we just went eight and zero on the season, baby. Just won our uh, playoff game last just just Saturday, yesterday, yesterday morning early. Felt like an extra day in there somehow, but uh, we we won our playoff game, so we going to the championship this Tuesday. So wish us luck. Shout out to Hall River Indians out there, eight and zero, baby. How we go? We go hard. See, I even got my team with the chance, like you know. The fans love it, too. You know, we're hyped up. We get busy out there. You know, those guys play some good football. So, you know, shout out to all the kids out there on my Little League team. And shout out to all the parents out there who always come and are always supporting us. I wish you guys nothing but the best. Um, Hey, we got a big show tonight, man. I mean, a huge show tonight. And it's going to be pretty interesting. We got Choke No Joke, Arthur Austin, coming through, baby, former director and uh, producer for Rockefeller Films. He worked for Jay and Dame Dash over there at Rockefeller. Um, he, un, un, and he's done countless other things, folks. You guys, his resume is quite amazing. I mean, you got to look at this guy's resume and to know that, you know, he's no slouch. He's not new to the game. He's been doing this for a very long time. Uh, he's done film and video. He, he worked for The Tunnel. Uh, which was one of the most prolific nightclubs in in, in New York City. Um, he was the man. He was the film director, the only film director to hold it down on the tunnel. Street Funk TV, LMC, Rockefeller Records, uh, BET, Code Blue, The Last Days of the Rock, which was his own film that we're going to get into a little bit later. I mean, listen, his resume speaks for itself, and what he does is crazy. So we're going to be talking to Choke No Joke, a.k.a. Arthur Austin. He's coming through, and he's going to show some love and break down some things that went on over there at Rockefeller. And, you know, we're going to chop it up, man. I mean, it's a political show, and this is what we do. We're going to chop it up about the community, and we got a bunch to talk about, man. Choke, you know, he's a very intelligent brother, man. He's an innovator. He's what? He's a job creator. You know what I mean? So right now I'm on a quest to talk to job creators since, you know, since politics, you know, politicians always talking about the jobs bill and the democratic bill and the republican bill and the president's bill and what's going on in the country and how we don't have any jobs and how we're going to stimulate so what i've chose to do is go out on the quest and find people who have created jobs something from nothing people who believe in capitalism whether it's you know not extreme capitalism where it's money money over everything you know a lot of people got that tat mob y'all know what that mean if you don't know what it mean google it maybe you can find it good luck but um you know, people people think it's money over everything, man. And I'm I'm not out to search and seek and talk to folks like that. I'm only out to talk to people who actually feel like, hey, we can make a difference in the world. Here's how we can do it. And I don't need anybody to give me anything. I can do it on my own. Granted, you may need some time, and time is our most valuable asset. So, you know, shout out to everybody out there who's willing to help somebody else. But anyway, that's my quest, man, and that, that's what I'm that's who I'm talking to tonight. Choke No Joke, aka Arthur Austin, director. I mean, the man is crazy. You watch a lot of his work out there, and I'm not gonna spoil it for you early. I'm gonna let him come on and we're gonna talk about it, and we definitely gonna talk about a number of things, even the urban community. Entertainment at its best, and this man knows entertainment. And one thing that I that that concerns me with entertainment today is that it seems not to have any values uh, outside of the network. And what I mean by that, if if the network will allow it to be done, 
the entertainment industry will do it. There's no there's no self alliance that you know there's no self self uh, uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking to man no, no level of of respect of self respect saying that hey my network is not going to do this I'm not going to you know I'm not going to promote this I'm not going to promote violence I'm not going to promote sex on the videos this that and the third um, maybe to a certain age group now what I'm seeing a whole lot is that entertainment promotes the things that are promiscuous and that are extreme when it when it comes to drugs sex and you know, violence, they promote that to kids, to the smaller kids, you know, even through the dance. This is what I call the hip-hop dance era has come back because in, in hip-hop music, it seems like to me that every song now has to have like the lullaby, melodic uh, dance type of routine to it. And, you know, that's just what's going on in, in hip-hop music today. And uh, it's not, music is not what it was, man. Hip-hop is definitely not what it was, you know. When it first started out, it was more of a message, and then it went from a message to almost a, 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 a activist state. You know what I mean? Where you know folks were really talking about brutality in the community, police brutality in the community, how poor the communities were, can't get a job. You know, uh, you don't have a brain. You know, they, they, and and it was it was inspiring for the art to grow like it grew. But now it's uh, it's been taken over by money, and now it's like money over everything when it comes in terms of entertainment and the hip hop music, in, in in any entity, in any genre of music right now. That's what's going on. But I'm just speaking from the hip hop angle because that's what I do, that's what I know. So that's what I feel comfortable speaking on. I know I know a little bit about rock and roll, being that I work for Baller Records. But you know, I was over A and R in hip hop, not rock and roll. But when you're around, you expose to some of the things. And let me tell you, the similarities are there. I would have to say it's probably more extreme in rock and roll. But I'm not going to go there, man. So, you know, we don't got a rock and roll artist on tonight. We don't have a rock and roll director on tonight. We got Choke No Joke, who's going to come on here in just a few minutes, man. And he's going to break down some information to you guys. He's going to tell you about his films, upcoming projects. You know, we're going to talk about the community, politics. We're going to chop it up about every little thing. So when I come back, I got to go to a commercial. But when I come back, I'm going to bring Charlotte on here from Triad Super Savers. And Charlotte, she always have a good word for us. She always tell you guys how to live frugally, how to save a couple dollars, you know, how not to spend too much in the stores. I mean, that's what she does. That's what her website's about. That's what her life's journey's about. And we have her on here every week. She's always bringing us some good tips and telling how you can get something free out there or how you can get something as a discount. You're rocking with Pudgy on the KRP radio show, keeping it real with Pudgy, WMMG 500 through 1600 LA and DC every Wednesday night on the delayed broadcast, unless we're doing it live, folks. When we're doing it live, you, you normally know. You can hit us up on the web, www.krpradioshow.com, on Twitter, at symbol NC Pudgy, that's me, at symbol KRP Radio Show, that's the show. Make sure you interact with us, make sure you add us, and we know we get back at people when you talk to us. You're rocking with the KRP Radio Show. version of slavery. 
IRS has become the overseer of the American people. In a Herman Cain administration, April 15th will no longer be a day to be dreaded. My 999 economic growth and jobs plan is a major step towards tearing the chains off the backs of the American people. We have got to supercharge the growth of this economy. Urban Gates says it's really time for massive tax cuts. Take the current tax code and replace it with a 9% tax on corporate profits, a personal flat tax of 9%. The tax code goes away. You don't have to fill out all those trade forms. And a 9% national sales tax. We'll all be able to say, free at last, free at last. We will replace oppression with prosperity. have a garage full of old junk at least you think it's old junk how about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time well if you do make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away again that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington North Carolina Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates Sterling, yeah. old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336 336- Two one four six four two seven. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. First commercial break, and we're about to bring on Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com, also from Triad Super Savers. About to come on here and, and give you guys a couple of tips, like she always does. And uh, Charlotte, man, she's she's a very unique and very special person because I don't think I have that kind of dedication that she has, where you have to do so much research. I mean, man, I, I think I do a lot of reading, but she does a lot of price comparison and this, that, and the third. But I, hey, I won't I won't tell you. I'll let Charlotte tell you. Charlotte, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm doing beautiful. Um, voice going again, but, you know, I got the lemon stuff in front of me, and I got the hot tea, and I got the liquor. You had another game today, I guess? <laughs> I'm sorry? You had another game today, I guess? Hey, we won our playoff game yesterday. One more, well, 
Two more games. Right. Two more games. Champ- championship on Tuesday. I'm proud of my boys, man. They, they've been doing a wonderful job out there. Well, the losing every voice is worth it then. <laughs> That's right. This, this is the least I could do is yell and scream and lose my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got this week? Well, I figured with Thanksgiving coming up, and I know you mentioned this a little bit last week, that I would mm-hmm. give you a few tips on saving money for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, yeah. I, I'm ready for Thanksgiving, too. Bring it on. I'm got, <laughs> I got my pen ready. All right. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you know, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays that most everybody celebrates. It's just a time of being thankful for what you have and the family and friends that you have and who wants to be stressed during Thanksgiving? I know I don't. Um, you know, it's so easy to do whenever you're trying to prepare a huge meal for your entire family or just the rush and stress of getting somewhere with traffic. You know, there's so many things that can make Thanksgiving stressful. So I just wanted to give you a few um, tips to save money and to, you know, have a hopefully stress-free holiday. I know some people have families that, can't be stress-free because you don't get along. But hopefully, um, you know, with trying to save some money, that will at least, you know, relieve some of your worries. Um, you know, if if you're like me, I am a huge planner. I have things on my calendar through the next year already. So, um, you know, I like to plan ahead, and that's probably one of the things that does make me successful with couponing because, you know, I do like to stock up and, and I store things up and I plan and I know, okay, I can use this for this. And So just thinking ahead is always smart. But, um, you know, with Thanksgiving just around the corner, I can't believe it's so soon, um, you want to try to start thinking of ways that you can start preparing for it now. And this can go along with Christmas too. But, um, you know, I like to, you know, you've heard me talk a lot about stockpiling and what that basically means is you buy an item at its lowest price and you stock up on that so you would buy you know a a big supply um this also helps with the holidays right now there's things on sale that they're getting you ready for thanksgiving so for um our area and our region we've been um having a lot of things like baking products um, we've had um, like evaporated milk was on sale this week at our stores. We had um, Nestle's Whole House baking morsels, chocolate. Um, we had um, let's see, what else do we have? Now that I'm thinking about it, but we had all kinds of you know things that you use to prepare Thanksgiving with oh, chicken broth, beef broth. That's what I was thinking about. Um, so I really stocked up on these items because this is something that I will use throughout the holiday season. So be looking at your store's sales flyers each week to see if there's items that you can go ahead and buy now. So many people wait until the very last minute and they run out the night before Thanksgiving. The shelves are cleared and everything is, you know, super expensive. So just start now looking and, you know, buying those items as they're on sale. Um, Another thing that you can do is just try to keep it simple. So many times, you know, with families that might not get along or, you know, might not get to see each other that often, you you tend to go overboard and want to prepare this huge feast and, you know, spend a ton of money on cooking and um, decorating, all this kind of stuff. But try to just keep things simple. 
Um, the more simple they are, the less stressful. And it's just, like I said, a time to celebrate. So by keeping it simple, it's going to, you know, keep your life stress-free and it's also going to, you know, lower your out-of-pocket spending. Another way to keep it simple is to ask your family to maybe bring, you know, a dish. You could possibly just cook some meat and then have each individual bring their own side dish or dessert. My family does this already. It's a great way to bring the family together, and it's also a good way to allow people to bring things that they like. You kind of get a variety of foods. It's not the same thing every year, and, um, you know, that people can get involved. It's not like they're just coming and kind of taking advantage. <laughs> so, you know, we really, I do this on both sides of my family. We just all kind of let each other know what we're going to bring and so that there's no duplication. And that just makes everything cost-effective for, you know, every party involved. Um, you know, another thing that you could do is to, you know, maybe start by, you know, traditions are one of those things that I like to um, try to implement in our family. And it's something that's kind of gotten forgotten through the years. So you could start traditions. And one of the things that you could maybe do is kind of every year, instead of you spending a lot of money on decorating for the holidays, like, you know, whether it be party tables, favors, or decorating your um, placemats or your centerpieces, whatever it might be, try to um, incorporate your family into helping you decorate. So, um, obviously, by making things that are homemade or you know, cost-effective is a good way to save money, and so that would be a new tradition to get your family involved, have them bring, you know, a decorative piece, something that they've come up with. So it's not only something that you have to remember forever, but you're also, again, getting your family involved, and it's another cost-effective way for the host to not have to spend a ton of money on, you know, decorating the entire, um, you know, dining room or whatever it might be. That's just another thing that you might be able to do to um, get your family involved. Um, as far as shopping, you know, I like to um, try to save whatever I can. So when you're at the grocery store, check your meat department. Um, our meat section, they always are marking down stuff. So one of the things I would suggest for you is to find um, – when your meat department marks their, um, you know, meat down, and then that's when you need to go. Um, for our stores, they put little yellow tags on the front, and that's how you know how much that they're marking the item down for. Um, so one of those examples is this week I wanted to share with you an example of how to do this. They had at our store Oscar Mayer bacon. It was buy one, get one free. And if you have shopped in the meat department, meat has really gone up lately. Um, I was surprised to see the bacon was $7 a pack, and that's ridiculous. So um, I found it for buy one, get one, and um, that made the, the item of the bacon three forty nine. So they had a markdown sticker of $3 off, so that made that pack of bacon $0.49. Cents. So I didn't have to use a single coupon. It was $0.49. Cents. I was able to buy 13 packs of bacon for $2.37, plus I actually did have some coupons, of course. So I had $4 off of that um, total purchase. So the final price for me was $0.18 cents per pack. So 
that is a huge saving, and I can freeze that bacon and just pull it out and thaw it when I need it. So that's just another example of a, of a way to just be thrifty and check the markdown section. Most meat is usually good for at least five days after its expiration date. So if you see that um, meat in the cooler or whatever and you're fearful of expiration dates, you should be able to get it and just take it straight home and freeze it um, right away. Um, most meat is good for up to three months in the freezer, so you should be fine with um, you know, keeping it for a little while. And then one last thing is just to um, check any other markdown sections in your grocery store. Um, a lot of times bakeries will mark down things that they, you know, maybe um, made too much of and they'll mark it down at the end of the day. And then also um, most grocery stores have a clearance section in the back of their store somewhere. So just check that. You can always use coupons on clearance items as well. So, um, those are just a couple of quick little tips to hopefully make your holiday season less stressful. That's going to make my holiday season a lot less stressful by buying early. <laughs> You know we gotta. Um, you know I gotta start in five, so I gotta, I gotta shop early. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's no, <laughs> no waiting to the last minute over here, not at all. No. Nah, my kids. Well, if you wait, then there's nothing left. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of weight, I'm trying to lose a little weight. So, tell me this. I, I've already lost the weight that I feel like I need. I got about five more pounds, but I'm trying to build with that too. But I say that to say this. What? kind of ways could people who are trying to lose a little weight, what are some tips for them when it comes to shopping? Is is there a certain brand that you buy or that you look for, or uh, do you even get into that? I know it's kind of off the uh, no, That's a good question. Um, my husband and I are actually trying to lose weight, too. He just went through um, law enforcement training and he to lose a lot of weight, and so he's been watching his weight as well. But um, what just nothing, no brain in particular, but we do try to look for any kind of low fat version of whatever we're getting. Um, like for example, today we bought um, you know beef broth and chicken broth, and we mm-hmm. got the lower sodium version. So you know most items that you buy, there's always a reduced fat version. So that's just something simple that um, you can try to do. And honestly, a lot of products now are going to um, gluten-free, and um, so that's another way to to get some more healthier products in. Mm-hmm. You know, we just bought rice check cereal instead of buying sugary cereal. Um, so it's just, and that was gluten-free as well. So there's just just by doing a little checking. I don't read labels or anything like that, but it's just the way you prepare things and just trying to make healthier choices. Um, is the key thing. So, just little steps like that. Well, yeah, we we try to make some some uh, healthy decisions, and ah, uh, you 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 got man. It's here's the thing, right? If you see it and you're used to eating it, you want it, man. And that's my problem, man. If I see it, I want it, and then you know I go on like a like a spree of I don't know, like a eating binge. You know what I mean? I start eating anything and everything in sight. And then there goes there's the pounds again, but um, I don't know. I got I just got to try to do better, especially around Thanksgiving. So I definitely appreciate the tips, man. Tell your husband good luck. Keep trying. Oh, one question from a from a. Well, we had a bunch of questions here, but time is limited. And uh, one question was from a caller from Denver, Colorado, and they said actually another couple from Denver, Colorado. Charlotte, we have joined it. Okay, they joined your site, but they want to know more. They were they were asking that you post more 
about vegan. Okay. I guess that's that's the best I can get out of this. It's a very long letter, so that's that's what they were trying to say. More healthy foods. If you could post more uh, discounts on healthy foods and anything on vegan. All that right. makes sense. All right. So, I don't know. Let the people speak, man. That's from the people, Denver, Colorado, and uh, they didn't put the name on here. I don't know who they're coming from. I think that says Sarah or something like that. It's uh, whatever. <laughs> I would definitely try to look into that. So don't listen to my whole meat store. I just gave you. Yeah, right. Money. So yeah, they're, they're probably going nuts right now. Like, oh, the meat eaters. I wish I could be Beans vegan. Beans and man. rice are always yeah. cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Shall I would definitely look into. That. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I got to say, man, you do a great job. I, I definitely got to big you up, man, because your site is rocking. Your site is wonderful. A lot of people always say that they like the site. So what you're doing is a beautiful thing, man. You're showing people and you're helping people save dollars. And right now with what we're going through in this country and other parts of the world, that's very important. So I really appreciate the free things that you put on there. My wife, actually, she uses the site a lot. She used the ink, all the ink out of my printer to print some of the stuff off on your site. So I appreciate you for um, making me have to buy another printer cartridge for this printer over here. But it's all love because we saved some money in the fridge. So, you know, I ain't knocking it, man. What kind of shout-outs you got tonight? Um, gosh, I don't know. You're killing me. <laughs> um, I don't even know. You forgot two of your friends last out. week. I know. I remembered them and put them on Facebook. <laughs> uh, that's what's up. That's love, too. Shout out to my husband. He put the kids to bed tonight for me so I could be on here with you guys. So. No doubt. Shout out to your oh, husband, man. <laughs> well, good luck on the law enforcement training and that thing, man. Definitely stay in touch with me, and uh, we'll be in touch next week, Charlotte. Sounds good. Have a good week. All right, you too. That was Charlotte from Triad Super Savers and stretchingyourbudget.com, man. She runs the site. She's always working. That's one thing I got to say about Charlotte, man, is she comes on here. She helps us save a couple of dollars. She throws tips out there. She posts numerous, numerous things on the website that helps you guys save things. So, you know, save a couple of dollars in, in your in your grocery bills, man. And that's, that's really important no matter what you are, vegan or not. Um, you know, there's some things on there where you can save some dollars. So definitely appreciate Charlotte always coming through and the hard work she does. We got to go to a commercial at the 830 spot. But don't forget, coming up real soon, Choke, no joke, baby, always holding us down. Choke is one of the most innovative producers of our hip-hop times, folks. If you don't know who he is, Google him, man. I mean, he, he you, you, there's no way you can know about hip-hop and not know who Choke, no joke is. No way. No way possible. Got to go to commercial, man. We'll be right back. We're working on some, some sound system problems, folks, but just bear with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the KIRP radio show, and we'll be back with sports. Shoe 
The number one online music tournament encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then... Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number, 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC.
Yeah, yeah, welcome back to the KRP Radio Show. Got to bring you guys sports this week, man. Got to do it manually because, you know, we just didn't get it recorded. There was a lot of games going on. And let me just tell you the truth. I was watching some football. It is what it is. (laughs) Right now in the first quarter, it's Baltimore and Pitt. Scores locked at zero. Nothing going on. Pitt got the ball. Let's see if they're going to score. Today, the New York Jets, 27. The Buffalo Bills, 11. As the Jets picks up another W on the season. And Sanchez, he definitely owes the defense a dinner. Definitely owes the defense. Dallas 23 over Seattle 13 as Dallas picks up another W on the season. Finally, finally pick up another W on the season. And I could care less because I just don't like Dallas. Reggie Bush had a crazy, crazy post-game reaction against Kansas. I'm sorry, uh, last week. As the, and, and I guess it sparked his boys, man, because 31-3, Miami over Kansas City, New Orleans 27 over Tampa Bay 16, San Francisco 19, Washington Redskins 11 as they take another L on the season. San Francisco is for real this year. Houston 30, Cleveland 12 as uh, Houston picks up another W. Cincinnati reenacted Pac-Man Jones. And it must have sparked the crew as they win 27-17 over Tennessee. Denver 38 over Oakland 24. The New York G-Man 24 over the New England Patriots as Tom Brady takes another L. 20-24, the G-Man get, up, get that another W today. Arizona 19, St. Louis 13 in final OT. And Green Bay 45, San Diego 38 as Green Bay puts up a lot of points on the board, letting everybody know that they are the world champion Green Bay Packers. Monday night, Chicago and Philly on ESPN. This was brought to you by SoundChew.com. SoundChew.com, one of our official sponsors, right at... SoundChew, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Yeah, we can cut that, man. I don't know what's going on. We got some technical difficulties, folks. But I appreciate it for rocking with us on the KRP radio show. And we are back done with all the commercials and the sports and all this other stuff, man, that's going on. Um, in just a few minutes, we're going to bring up our guest tonight, Choke No Joke. And uh, he's going to come on and drop a couple jewels. And we got some questions for him, man, because uh, he's got a resume this big. And I know you guys can't see my hands, but he's got a resume this big. And uh, he's been all over, man. So, he, you know, he's quite the interesting guy. And uh, he's done some documentaries that that's, that has some people, you know, it's got some eyes open, man. And uh, it comes to find out there's a lot of truth to some things that he's been saying for so long, uh, especially dealing with the, the Rockefeller crew, you know, being a director over there. And, and 
producer over there. He's also done a lot of videos, man, so we'll get into that. We definitely want to ask him about what's going on with entertainment today through his eyes compared to where we once were. So Chokes can come on. He's definitely going to drop some jewels for us. But before he does, man, I you know, it's a conservative radio show and, and conservative in the sense of we are conservatives before anybody ever changed the definition to it or anybody ever grabbed the definition to it. Um, like I like I always say, like I said on my hip hop blog, I mean we've been conservative since we've been using paper and plastic bags for trash bags. You know what I mean? And uh, that's conservative in its truest and its rawest form. Um, I come from a people, and I and I believe that black folks come from a history of people who really didn't ask for anything. We made do, and we made a way. So we're conservative in the in the in the sense of that, and uh, that's what I believe to be true for black folks. But um. I got. I can't help but to bring this up, man. And I know we got the Herman Cain ad on here and all that, but check this out. Sexual harassment, Herman Cain, 10, 20, I don't know how many years ago. Um, right now, there's two women that, that actually came out and uh, said that Herman Cain had sexually harassed them. And, and one of which that I know to be true um, was awarded a great sum of income. And I, and I don't mean millions. It was somewhere twenty, thirty thousand dollars something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't know what to think about that, man. And I thought, you know, looking at Herman Cain and actually studying the man and knowing, you know, knowing some of the things that he's done and uh, some of the positions that he held, I held the man in high regard. I hold the man in high regard. And I'm not saying that folks don't make a mistake, but, you know, I have it's now I have more questions about him. I mean, I know everybody makes mistakes, but now I got more questions because he doesn't want to talk about this. Um, but plenty of other folks do. You know what I mean? And and a lot of people are asking questions and it seems that any time he's asked a question about something that turns up to be true later, um, it's a contradicting statement. So you know, I don't know what to say, man. I, I don't I don't know how people feel about the whole Herman Cain deal. Um six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number, man. Make sure you rock on with us. Press number one if you got a comment. But I don't know what to say about the whole Herman Cain deal. I, I can't I'm not saying that this this allegation or this instance make make him just the most horrible person in the world. But, you know, his momentum was high. He was running, man, and, and he could do no wrong, no matter if he got tongue-twisted about the pro-life issue or not. You know, he could really do no wrong. And a lot of people were saying, you know, Herman's my guy, Herman's my guy, he's flawless. And now all of a sudden these allegations. And you knew something was going to come because, you know, he was killing the GOP in the straw polls. He was killing them in the straw polls. Killing. So you got Mitt Romney and Rick Perry. And, and of course, these guys, they feel like, hey, you know, we got to keep pushing, too, because, you know, they want to be the president of the United States. They think that they should get the GOP nod. So, you know, from what I understand, the folks in Herman Cain's camp are going, hey, you know, this is dirty politics and this is coming from Rick Perry or this is coming from Mitt Romney's campaign. And Mitt Romney, excuse me. And, you know, a whole lot of different things are going on. But meanwhile, President Obama is is still going on. You know what I mean? He's still doing his thing. He hasn't stopped. He's been campaigning. He's been on the U.S. presidential tour talking about his jobs, jobs, jobs bill. And if you ask me, I don't know how they separate the two. How do you separate the campaigning from him going on his jobs, jobs, jobs bill tour? You know, how do you know what is what? How do they split the money for that? You know, from what I understand, he has over a billion dollars. A bit, Yo, it's got to be something crazy, right? 
about having or having to have a billion dollars to run for president of the United States. That means if we have someone who the people most likely feel is most suitable, but they don't choose to be backed by any big business or any special special interest groups, that means that they're likely not to win because the popular vote means a hill of, a hill of crap. You know, it means a hill of bean. It's all about the electoral colleges. The popular vote doesn't matter for the most part. So, I mean, I, I find it's, it's, you know, off the Herman Cain thing for a minute, I find it's, it's absolutely something crazy going on with politics when you need a billion dollars, especially in the, in the situation that we're in right now in the United States with the money that we're losing. And, yeah, exactly, with the monies that we're losing and, and the monies that we don't have and the jobs, man, the, the jobless rate, the unemployment rate is crazy right now. I know the black unemployment rate was at high that I know of, 17%. And a lot of economists say that's not true because it doesn't take into account the people who quit, who just gave up and say, you know what, I'm not going to apply for a job no more. I'm not, I, I can't live off that little amount of money that they give me. So a lot of people really gave up. They're not looking for full-time employment anymore. It's also not taking into account the people who are working part-time, who once were working full-time. So, you know, all you got to do is look around and and listen to people and see people and just pay attention to, like, how people are interacting with each other. If anything, I got to say that this 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 is making people more stressed. You know what I mean? A, a lot of people are turning to things that they wouldn't normally turn to. I think people are living together more at a higher rate. When I say living together, I mean kids are going back home. You know what I mean? Adults are going back to live with their parents. It's almost acceptable now. You know, just a few years ago, if if a female met, you know, a, a man who didn't have a job, it was like, you know, you don't get the time of day because you don't have a job. You know, you need to have a job out here if you want to deal with me and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people are still saying that, but... Since then, I, I got to say last year and probably next year, and, and maybe even the year before, but I don't really think the year before, but definitely in 2010, things have changed in, the, in, the, in, in just the premise of I won't deal with this man or I won't deal with this woman because they can't hold a job or they don't have a job. There's a lot of things going on in this country, man. And, you know, even look at it in the entertainment industry, which is something that we're going to talk about later um, when my guest comes on the show here in about 10 minutes. Even in the entertainment industry, if you look at your favorite artists and you pay attention to the things that your favorite artists do or the things that they like to do in each and every video, I ain't talking about Jay-Z and Kanye who think they ripped up a Maybach and did something crazy with <laughs> with that. That's a different kind of money. But I'm talking about the average artist or, or the people that you like in general. Or just pay attention to some people that you don't like who are probably on a lower scale than the Jay-Zs and the Kanye's and, and all those guys and the Rick Rosses and all that. If you look at their videos, they're low budget. They're not spending a lot of money on these videos anymore. They're not spending a lot of money on 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 the the record itself, the production. Now they're going to some of these people from offline. There's a, there's a lot of producers that put their stuff online, so they're going to some of those producers and they're spending money, you know, on those producers instead of spending money on the on the Timberlands and the Dre's. And you know, once upon a time, everybody wanted the Dr. Dre track. You know, if you had a Dr. Dre track, you were sure to go platinum. But now platinum is a myth almost. You know, you don't even, a lot of artists don't even look to go platinum anymore. And from what I understand in the entertainment industry, platinum is not even the bar anymore that, that folks really set the bar at. Now they set the bar at going gold. 
You know what I mean? If you can sell 500,000 records, you're doing something in in this kind of weather. So, you know, going all the way back, and I know I just said a few things, but it all ties in together because what we're talking about is the well-being of our country. You know, I can't help but to think it's, it's just absolutely crazy to have, you know, with all due respect to the president, man, I ain't, I really ain't knocking him. You know what I mean? I only knock him on the things that I don't agree with him on. But, you know, I'm not a hater. I'm not going to hate the president because he raised that much money. But you got to wonder and you got to figure a billion dollars to, to campaign did not come from the American people in large part. You know, there's a lot of special interest there. There's a lot of, of, of corporate structure there. There's a lot of Wall Street there. You know what I mean? There's, 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 there's a lot of overseas money there. You know what I mean? For, for, for whatever reason. And uh, it's just not, it's just not feasible to me, man. Is that I don't know why people do not see that is just crazy to have one billion plus dollars to campaign to be the president of the United States. And I know it's the high office. I get that part of it. I get that. But in the meanwhile, you got a man. See, here's what you have. You got a man who earned, who who has a billion dollars to campaign, right, for president of the United States. But in the meanwhile. He's on a tour throughout the United States talking about a jobs, jobs, jobs bill. So you mean to tell me, and this goes to the Republicans too, the Democrats and the Republicans, because they were talking about we need some anywhere from six high sixes to eight or nine hundred thousand dollars to campaign with to even compete with President Obama and practically practically try to destroy his uh, his movement and try to beat him. But if you guys both parties, if you can raise almost $2 billion to campaign for the presidency, why in the hell can't you raise money for some of these cities and some of these states? Why can't the president have a damn speech? I mean, he had a speech about everything else. Why can't he publicly come out and say, or do the online thing that he likes to do, why can't he come out publicly and say, hey, the Republicans aren't willing to do this, but I'm willing to do this. Instead of giving money to my damn campaign, right, let's give money back to the American people. Whatever you can donate, five cents, a dollar, ten cents, whatever, let's put this money together since people trust their dollars to go into the president, right, since you trust your money going to the president of the United States. Let's put this money together and do something positive for the cities of America. Let's do something positive for the states. Let's do something positive for uh, uh, an economic plan or or let's let's you know, let's put this money in the education system. Let's do this, let's do that. I don't understand why these folks, these politicians are willing to raise this money for their own special interests, but they're not willing to do this for the United States and it's absolutely crazy to me. But yet they'll stand up and they'll criticize people in the in the in the corporate structure who make money or individuals, individualists or small business people who who make this money and choose to spend it the way they want to spend it. See, they're always asking us for money and then when they give it to us, they use it recklessly. So they asked us for all this money to campaign with but they're not trying to do anything for us because we're still hurting. Look, the government is not going to create a job, job, job that's going to get us out of the situation that we're in right now. It's not going to happen. So everybody's just sitting around and they're happy and they're talking about, oh, the president's going to do this, the president's going to do that, or oh, 
uh, the, the GOP president is going to do this when he gets an officer. Herman Cain is going to do this and they're going to do that. The government will never, ever, ever create jobs for all the people of the United States. And the day that they do, you better run. You better look out because there's something crazy there. You're going to owe them an arm and a leg like we do right now. So I also want to bring in that health care plan with that. It's going to be the same thing, folks. Anytime the government giving you something, you better watch out, especially when they're giving you something. You got to watch out. You just don't know what's up. But anyway, got to go to another, another commercial, man. And, and, you know, I know I got fired up about some stuff. out. This is supposed to be segue for my man Choke No Joke to come on the air. But, you know, that, that's how it goes sometimes, man. You know, when, when you feel passionate about what's going on in your country and you feel passionate about your people and about the communities that we live in, that's what happens. It spills over. And, you know, you start talking and you start stuttering like I do. And it, because there's so much information that's in my head that I would like to get out to people. But, you know, time is limited. And, you know, sometimes it's not the place to get it out. Sometimes you need to go in a small environment or, you know, maybe just say it to your wife or your significant other or maybe a group of friends or something. Sometimes the air is not the place to do that. But anyway, man, shout out to you. Got to go to commercial. When we come back, CNJ, the most prolific hip-hop film director that I know you've heard of, man. Choke No Joke will be on the air when we come back, and he's going to drop nothing but jewels on you folks. He's going to talk about some projects that he's got coming out. And, I mean, he's going to shed some light on a whole lot of things that he's already brought to the light. So make sure you check it out, man, krpradioshow.com. And, uh, you know, if you want to hit us up online or by, via phone, 619-638-8559 is the number. You can also hit us up on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash K-I-R-P radio show. We're on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P radio show, at symbol N-C Pudgy. That's me. When we come back, choke no joke, folks. So make sure you stay tuned. Commercials. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament.
back, people. Back on the air, man. Sorry about the technical difficulties that we're having. We don't know why. Broadcasting live, man. Same time, WMMG family. Trying to get it right. Um, You know, I got my tech on it. You know, he's on the job, as always, as normal. But uh, without further ado, got to bring you guys, man. Choke, no joke. On the air right now, live with us. Choke, how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. What's good with you, man? Hey, man. I'm, I'm good, man. Pleasure to have you on, brother. And, uh... You know, I appreciate you taking the time to rock with us, man. We got a large audience, and, and, you know, a lot of people are probably new to who you are and what you've done. But, you know, like I like I said before, you know, I know you since way back. You know, I, I know of your work since way back, definitely. So, you know, pleasure to have you on the KRP radio show, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I was listening to the show, man. I like what you're doing. Definitely appreciate that, man. It, it's a whole lot to do, man. We got a whole lot of information to put out there, man. I'm trying to... Taking hip hop to to a whole different talk level, you know what I mean? Because the music is different today, you know what I mean? You can't express these type of views through the music anymore and and get it out to the masses. It seems like you know a lot of people are still successful at it, but you know not me. <laughs> so I took another angle with it. But um, you know, let the right. people know, let the people know who you are, man, and you know, give them a little bit of your resume if you don't mind. Well, um. Choke No Joke, that's my director's name. It was my rap name first when I you know, I came in the game as an artist trying to pursue a record deal and that's where my name came from, Choke No Joke. My real name is Artie. Uh they used to tease me and call me Artie Choke. <laughs> and then it was Artie Choke. And then when I got into my coolness it became choke. And then when I started rapping I added to no jokes. And that's how I choked on Joe came about as far as the name. Um, you know, I started, you know, rapping, then I went into modeling and acting. And from there, you know, I when I was doing the modeling and acting, my main thing was to get a lead role in a video, a movie, commercial, whatever. Once I achieved that, you know, I kind of lost the buzz for the acting and wanted to get behind the camera. So, you know, I started shooting a lot of stuff while I was working as an actor, like behind-the-scenes stuff, and that kind of brought forth me, you know, having a passion for being a videographer. Mm. So I say, like, around maybe 9-4, 9-5, I started documenting, you know, all the jobs that I was going to, and then that led into me going to the tunnel and, you know, getting down with Street Phone TV and then mm-hmm. us documenting the tunnel from, like, 94, 95, all the way to 2001. Yeah. And we had a public aspect show, which was called Street Phone TV, where, you know, I, I became the producer and then the producer and director for the show. And the first show that I did was Snoop and Dre at the tunnel. It was a five-camera shoot. Uh, that show right there, you know, once that show came out on the public access, then I got my own show on Fox and the WB in uh, New York, Chicago, Detroit, L.A., San Francisco, and Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was LMC Hip Hop. Same format as, the, you know, kind of like the street phone show. Mm-hmm. But it was just, you know, bigger production. And the format was just live performances and interviews with, you know, all the top celebrities. Sure. 
Man, you you you've been around. I mean, like you said, nine four nine five. When in the entertainment industry, man, it was highly, highly. And, and I mean, people will disagree with me because you know when they come up in this age, they think it's so hard. But I'll say nine four nine five. The entertainment industry was highly competitive on on a much larger scale than it is compared to where it is today. I mean, you really had to be on your A's and A's and P A's and B's. You know what I mean? When you were coming around that time, because, you know, the talent was so good, especially on the East Coast. Yeah, it was about being nice. It was about being lyrical. Yeah. Now, you know, these dudes act like lyrics don't matter. But, <laughs> you know, I've been in the game, like, I was born into it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I've seen Slash DJ in my park. Like, you know, block party shit. I climbed on gates and... <laughs> you know, watch these dudes DJ. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's real right there. I was so like that... 16 in the club when, you know, I ain't, I wasn't supposed to be in the club, but my <laughs> man brother used to mm-hmm. run the door. So I used to just hit him with a few dollars and shit. Like, you know, I'm 16 in the club. All these dudes in there can coke out their mind, and I'm just waiting to see the performance, <laughs> playing the yeah. video game. Wow. I seen like, uh, it was a spot called the Zodiac 2. Mm-hmm. I seen MC Light perform. Um, I can't understand when that shit was a mm-hmm. single. Ooh. I saw the Jungle Brothers do, like, Jim Browski. I seen uh, EPMD. I seen Big Daddy Kane and him and Biz do Let's Get Into It when he had the nappy flat top. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even fresh yet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, you oh, know, I, 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 I grew up in this. So, you know, I love it to Ooh. death, man. Man, me too, man. I I, I can't front, man. You know, I, gotta, I, I always say I got to be careful, like, how I view it because, you know, it's another man's art. And, you know, people are real passionate about their art. And sometimes, you know, you can make or break people because I remember, like, I was down with Bone Thugs and Harmony. And I got to keep it 100. I'm from North Carolina. Used to live in New Jersey, and I got, you know, Jersey family, so I was back and forth a whole lot. But, man, I ain't like no Bone Thugs and Harmony, man. I couldn't get with that. You know what I mean? But that's who I ended up getting down with. And I remember when the first fan was like, yo, P-Real, he ain't nice. You know what I mean? And you read this stuff, so, and and I, I had to learn, you know, it's just one man's opinion. There's another 10 to 15 that'll be like, you know what, he is dope. So, you know, that it really can make you or break you if you ain't strong and there's a lot of artists out there. I really don't think they went through what I feel like it. it you have to go through to be an artist, it, it, for real, for real, in the entertainment industry today. So, you know, when you say things about them, that's why you see folks going off on the deep end because of something a reporter said, or, or you know, some kind of scandal that's out that may or may not be true. So, I'm always careful, man, how critical I am about you know another man's art because at the end of the day, I want to see everybody get money if they can get it, you know. But um, right. T- t- I mean, if I mean, if it's whack, it's whack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, if, it, if it ain't good, it ain't good. Your opinion is your opinion. <laughs> yeah. But as far as like Bone Thugs, like when I first heard, heard him, I didn't like him. Yeah. But when I gave him my air and gave him a shot, and just since you know just start judging him because you know everybody was saying, oh, they just do they rapping like this. And then. when I gave him my air. <laughs> I heard how lyrical them niggas was. Thank you. And how nice they was with they, with their style and their harmonies. Yeah. I, them niggas is in my top three best groups of all time. Yes, sir. 
Definitely so. You know and and they go hard. <laughs> they go hard in the studio, work you know hard. And, and they all hold their own weight. That's right. That's right. That's real right there, too. That's something I learned, something I saw for a lot of years, man. I got nothing but love for them brothers, every single one of them. So shout out to Bone, too, while we on here, Thug Line, all day. But um, look, man, let me let me ask you this, man. The tunnel, brother. See, a lot of people in, in my listener uh, audience have, they know what the tunnel is just from hearing it. They heard Big scream it. They heard Hope scream it. A, a lot of other artists scream it. You know, Mob Deep, they heard a lot of people scream the tunnel. But, man... If you could paint the picture for a night of the tunnel, like filming in the tunnel, so people can actually feel and understand how it really was. All right. Well, how how that went <laughs> for me it would be, you know, I'm at at my house getting ready. The tunnel open, the doors open up at eleven. Mm-hmm. I'm at the miles getting ready like seven. Packing up my camera, loading up my tapes, you know, and I'm heading downtown, you know, whether plane, car, train, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But I'm, you know, I go downtown, I get there like nine, you know, and I would go in when you know there's really no line there, and you know all the workers, the bartenders, everybody, they going in. To work, I go in with them. I go in the back. You know, I put my camera in, in the DJ booth. Mm-hmm. Go up to the top. Go to sleep for three hours. <laughs> wake up twelve o'clock. That shit is man packed. <laughs> you know what I'm wow. saying? Wow. But you know, it, you know, dudes would get online nine o'clock just to get in. Line you down the block. You come at eleven o'clock. You just get it. Done. I get it, and they don't close the four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's how crazy the line was. But, you know, it was a lot of robberies in there. I mean, <laughs> heavy drug use in there. Oh, my God. You know, it was a lot of sex in there. And the, the bathrooms were unisex. So, the you know, the guys and girls were allowed in the bathroom together. So that gave them the opportunity to get their freak on. <laughs> in the club. You know what I'm saying? And then you had, like, you know, it was real... Hoodie, Tim's, mm-hmm. no dress code, sneakers. It wasn't, you know, no dress code back then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You come, you come as is. And, you know, they had, you know, security was serious with it. You know, they, they had a thorough search. You had to take your shoes off and all that, you know, because there was a lot of cuttings and shootings and all that going on. Wow. But, at the end of the night, you had a good time. If you didn't get in no drama, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You had a great time because all of the biggest artists performed there. You know, every Sunday, which was a hip-hop night, mm-hmm. and the tunnel, it was open other nights, Saturday. Like, every night of the week, they had something. You know, like, Saturday night might have been the gay night. Friday might have been the rave night. Wednesday would have been the rock night. But Sunday was the hip-hop night. And Flex was the DJ. Yeah. Uh, Big Cat was DJing there. Johnny Walker Red, the Cypher Sounds. And, you know, they were the main DJs there for that time, like the majority of the time period. And, um, you know, other DJs would come in every once in a while. 
as like a guest DJ, like a crew, a Jazzy Joyce, a K-Sway, you know, and spend there too. But, you know, the kind of was, that's where you went to go see all the stars, all these dudes that's millionaires and half a billionaires now. You know, that was the platform that gave them that boost. Yeah. That was, if you touched that stage, it was like the hip-hop of Apollo or some shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm, definitely, man. A lot of people, they almost had to come through the tunnel to get that kind of respect they got now, for sure. And it wasn't just New York artists that performed there. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, came through there, outcasts, all these dudes. And and it wasn't just New York people that partied there. I see, I remember one night I was filming there, and I ran into some dudes. They was cool and shit. They drove all the way from Kentucky just to go to the club. And that Ooh. club drove straight back. Woo. That's serious. That's wanting to be there. I, yeah, that, they, they just had, they were like, yo, man, we had to experience it. Everybody was talking about it. And they came at a good night, good night, too. I think it was, I think it was either Jay-Z or, or the Rough Rider show. Mm. Crazy. Let me, let me ask you, man, since you, I mean, you, you're the type of person that has started from scratch. I mean, you kind of did it on your own, man. What kind of, how important was it? Like, did you have, did you actually have dreams of being where you are now and, and having that you've done the things you've done? Did you actually dream like, yo, one day I'm going to do this, one day I'm going to do that? And, you know, how about, like, how did the reality of knowing, like, have you ever sat down and said, you know what, wow, I said I was going to do this and I set out to do it? Yeah, I mean, I always felt like I wanted to be a director, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, or in television, because I used to watch shows and music videos, and music videos was a big thing to me. Like, back when we had, like, video shows, like uh, New York High Tracks, New York City High Tracks. That was, like, our MTV show back then, before mm-hmm. it was, you know, all the MTV shit. And then we also had... um uh, another show called Video Music Box, which is still running. It's been on like 30 years. Yeah, Box. Games. <laughs> yeah. Not the, not the box, Video Music Box. It is hosted and produced and directed by a guy named Ralph McDaniels. And he's been doing this show 30 years on public access. And it still come on every week for 30 years. You know, and, you know, the same, your same artist that, that ran through the tunnel, mm-hmm. Ralph was the one that was breaking their videos. You know, after you come home from school, you was running home to catch a video music box. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that that was a strong presence in hip hop. So you know, watching those videos and seeing like a lot of the videos that match the song made me get into writing treatments for videos and you know it just took from there and then once I got a camera in my hand and was able to put my vision you know on television then I got into it more and I just took it in my own hands where I didn't depend on anyone to you know help me get it done sure. I used to edit my edit my stuff with two VHSs before I even knew how to edit or Ooh. knew about going to an editing suite I'll take one, dub it, one, take the footage, dub it on a VHS, take 
take that recorder, you know, record on the second VHS, <laughs> and just keep popping tapes, <laughs> chopping it up like that. Wow, man, that that's that's knowing the art too, and a lot of people probably ain't even don't even you know what I mean that that's something you can appreciate because I know a lot of people don't even know about that. I never saw that done before, and I've been around for a minute in entertainment. That's serious right there. Ooh, time consuming too. Yeah, when sure. I first put out my tunnel DVDs, they mm-hmm. was on VHS. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, dudes talking about they was putting out DVDs and like I was putting out DVDs when it wasn't a DVD. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It was just on VHS. I can vouch for that. And then when the when the format flipped, then I re put them out on the on DVD. <laughs> have you ever have a fan ever bought one of those back to you like, yo, look what I got, I got your first joint. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that every time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it makes me it, it reminds me of hustle and flow. <laughs> skinny black. First mixtape, yeah. skinny black, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Ludacris <laughs> got his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, he threw a man tape in the toilet, man. But that's how it go down too. Like, you know what? Let, let me let me ask you about some of that because I remember being on the road, man. Before any Bone fan knew who I was, you know what I mean. I, you know how it go. You just on the road, you get your turn, you get your burn, you get some fans, whatever. But um. People were bringing me like demos and stuff like, yo, check this out. Give me get this demo. Can I get your autograph? I'm like, yo, you don't even know me. You know what I mean? So do you think, is the demo still relevant today in entertainment? Now, if you give somebody a demo and you do music, is it still relevant? Does the demo have a chance? The demo is called the mixtape now. Yeah. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? Dudes is uploading a demo for free. Which are they calling the mixtape? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Some of them yeah. are getting a little piece of change off of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But that's all it is. The labels ain't looking to take and develop an artist that they see that has potential. They you gotta damn they have a, a top hit for them to wanna sign you. That's the truth. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't no more, you know, you know, people sending they they tapes and uh, not tapes, they CDs to the label, and mm-hmm. you got A and R going through there listening through them and calling the person in, seeing if they got potential, if they got style, seeing that if, you know what they could do and develop with this artist, and then take them and put them in the studio, and because they ain't got the money for none of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the label used to do. They used to fund all that. Now they want you to come with a buzz already. They don't want to do no labor. They don't want to look. They don't want to search. They don't want to give the poor man a chance. Mm-hmm. Everybody don't got money to go into the studio. Everybody don't got money to go purchase Pro Tools. Some people got talent but need direction. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You could go. You could be nice and go in the studio and record a billion songs. But if you don't got nobody to police what you're doing or direct what you're doing or sit there and let you know when you ain't, you're not, when you're off track, then you're just going to be doing it. If you got a label that got funding that could pay an A&R to go sit in the studio with you mm-hmm. and 
you and your boys and y'all vibing out and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And keeping your energy structured and making <clears throat> sure you're on track all the time, then you get a better artist. But it ain't you know, that's the old days. It ain't like that no more. Wow. On the air with Choke No Joke, man. Uh producer, film, editor, he does it all, has done it all. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. KRP Radio Show dot com. Let me ask you, man, what, what about film? There's a lot of independent films that are coming out now, and I try my best to, like, I try to listen and watch as many as possible. I look for them, man, because I've seen a lot of good short films and a lot of independent films out there that I think that just get looked over. You know what I mean? But because of the age that we're in now, independent films do have a shot. I mean, maybe not motion picture shot, but they do have a shot. So I ask you, I ask you, how do you, what what's going on in film that's similar to what's happened in the rap game? Well, it ain't just the rap game; it's music in general. Yeah, the whole entertainment. Um, all genres of music. Um, what happened is the format is changing, you know, to digital, you know, both in the film and as well as um, music. Sure. So. Where we went from with, you know, playing music on rails and to that, to CD, to, you know, now MP3, you know, where every so many people buy, you know, getting their music by MP3, and it's like the CD is becoming what the 8-track was or the, or the, or the 12-inch vinyl. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dudes rather just go and put the music in the Serratos instead of carrying four crates of records. You know what I'm saying? So that's cool. stopping dudes from going to buy music. On the film side, you know, it's the same thing. The internet, everything's becoming digital, and now you got Netflix, um, and a lot of people watching, you know, movies on their they laptops. And stuff like that, and and so now, like, dudes messed up the DVD game. The DVD game was a a good business, and a lot of people started putting out garbage. Yeah. And a lot of companies bought a lot of garbage, and then seeing that they wasn't making no money, so now they're not really doing deals like that. Mm. So, you know, now like it's hard. That's why you see a lot of independent films. They good, but they can't get no distribution because dudes don't mess the game up. Put yeah. out that trash. You know what I'm saying? So now they made the, the market bad, but now they have the opportunity to, go to sell on the Netflix or so-and-so. And you ain't going to get the money like you was going to get back then for your DVD, mm-hmm. you know, independently. Fact. The same as, you know, you ain't going to get the same kind of deal as dudes who's getting back in the early 90s and, you know, late 80s. Wow. It's um, it's it's almost like, what do you think the Internet has, uh, I, I don't say destroyed, what do you think the Internet has done to entertainment, period, in, in your opinion? It's a gift and a curse. For big corporations, it hurts them bad. Mm-hmm. Once dude did the NASA thing, 
um, Sean, whatever his name is, um, when when he did the NASA thing and that whole file sharing and yeah. once all that took got into place and it was easier for a person to get a song off their off their computer opposed to walking over the Virgin Records or FYE or whatever. It's like you got the money in your pocket, but you could do three clicks and and have it right there. You ain't even get up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what are you going to do? <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? So when the music became easy access like that, <laughs> for people where they have to go and buy it, you know, if they're not really a collector, then they're going to buy it off the internet, and that's where it hurts them. The, that's the con. The pro is the internet allows you to get yourself known worldwide from one location and allows you to make money worldwide from one location. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. If you, you could, if you could pop off on the internet and build a fan base strong enough that people around the world get to know you and you get to tour the world, you get to make more money. You know what I'm saying? Like a soldier boy for instance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You think you think it's easier though? You think it's easy to do it by the net compared to how it was done in the nineties? Uh, financially, yes. Because if you ain't got the funding to do it, right? How yeah. you going to get it done? And that's what it's all about today. It's all about finances today. Um, the same how, like the- how would you have have? Uh, been able to set up this interview with me without the, the power of the internet, Twitter, or whatever. Man, I couldn't do half of it. I couldn't be home doing this right now and connected with a programmer in LA and another guy in Washington running the boards. That's you know, without the internet, it would be impossible. You know what I mean? More travel, more time. It's cra- it would be crazy. Well, that's it, you know, there you go, you're pro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Oh, so I definitely, I definitely think it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a gift and a curse. On, depending on where you're standing at. Sure. But, yeah, on the corporation side, I know those folks, are, um, you know, they probably hate the internet in large part. Um, speaking on film, too, though, in, in I'll say in the more uh, motion picture scale of films, Dave Chappelle said Hollywood wants to put um, every black, every successful black man on a big screen in a dress. You, do you agree with that? I mean, how do you feel about that? Especially being a director yourself. Me as a director, I would never do that. I'm not with that. That whole Tyler Perry, Medea nonsense, like, like, I, I'm not. I'm not even with all that. Um, I understand what Dave Chappelle is saying because we, we are in the industry where the majority of it are people that have, don't have a problem with that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be in the in the big league. You know, you're going to have to involve yourself with that type of stuff. 
And if not, then either you know you won't you won't prosper, or you won't get in the big league, or you will be uh, silenced altogether. <laughs> as far as you know, being a part of that world again. Yeah. So, my question to you is: Do you think? Dave Chappelle lost it. Like, you, do you think he's not funny anymore? Nah, I, I, you know what, man? For for a minute, for a whole minute, I knew that Dave Chappelle wasn't crazy. In that whole minute, when people were trying to convince me that yeah, Dave Chappelle lost his mind, blah 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 blah, I was like, nah, it's something y'all don't see, man, because y'all don't know that world, and that world is run by. Man, the influence in, in that entertainment industry that, that folks just don't know about is crazy. They hear about it, but people just don't want to accept it, that you got to get down with that kind of team to be successful. So I, I don't think he's less funny. If anything, I, I think he's he's a stand-up guy for taking that stance. Now, that was a lot of money to turn down, and I don't think I know anybody else, probably including myself, that would turn down that sort of check. You know what I mean for something that I've already you been doing. You would have to do the shit that they wanted him to do. Well, I, you know what I mean. I would hope so. Yo, I would I would have put on a dress and been like Martin, real quick, especially <laughs> at that point in my life. Yeah, I gotta keep it one hundred because, you know, what I mean where I'm from. Come on, man. I, yo, I can't turn down a hundred thousand dollars, Harley. So you so what what if you gotta go further than that? I can't go further than that because that that goes against things that I believe in my life. You know what I mean? That I that I just don't agree with. Period. Point blank. There's there's no amount of money that can make me be a homosexual, do homosexual things. There ain't no amount of money for that. Now putting on a dress and and prancing like Sambo out there, it for for I forget what what it was, fifty million dollars. Yo, I do that. <laughs> I keep it one hundred. I can't front. I can't sit here and say that I wouldn't have done that. Knowing what I know now. And touching on, you know, dealing with the people that I deal with now, would I have done it? Would I do it now? Hell no. Hell no. Because it's a sense of selling your soul if you if you can do something like that. But like I said now, the check ain't in front of me. You know what I mean? The, check, the check's not in front of me. Right. So, you know, I, I, I try to keep it. I try to keep it 100 at all times, man. But I can't be nobody gay boy just for a couple dollars. I, I can't sell my soul like that. So, you know, I, I never thought Dave Chappelle was crazy. I mean, well, that's what they was after him to do. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, if if that's what the G is, that's fine. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel him 1,000%. But, you know, I thought it was I thought it was more like his jokes. You know what I'm saying? I thought they wanted him to push the envelope with his racially motivated jokes and this, that, and that's what he took a stance on. And, and they wanted him to wear a dress in there in, in the show or something crazy like that, wanted to write that stuff in the show. You know, I can't say that I wouldn't do that, man. I'll keep it 100. Now I know better, but at that time, man. Right. On the air with Choke, no joke, man, talking about it. I'm sorry, go ahead, bro. Nah, I was saying, well, he's still surviving. He's still good. He's still living. Yeah, he's still good, man. Still, Still doing good. And I like what he said to Oprah. I don't know. You probably caught that, I'm sure, but... You know, she asked him why. He told Oprah, she was like, well, why did you go to Africa? He was like, for medical treatment. He was like, come on, Oprah, man, you should have more common sense than that. He was like, the media asked these dumb questions. He's like, with all the money that I got, why would I go to Africa out of all places in the world for psychological treatment? 
You know what I mean? That makes sense, man. Yeah. I'm like, yo, he just son Oprah. He just had her. You know what I mean? And she yeah, was speaking. But you know what it is? It's just that uh, the powers that be control the media. They mm-hmm. they put out a bullshit press release. Liberal media. Eighty five percent of the, the the people out here uh, are blind, deaf, and dumb. So just because they see it on TV, they don't believe it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Happens so, every day. Then, you know, they could put out a press release right now on the news right now talking about you just killed Wilder Bank and, and shot up everybody in there. You're <laughs> on the phone with me right now. <laughs> right? That's for real, yeah. 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 I, guarantee, I guarantee you somebody will call you and say, why you do that? Yeah. they looking for you. And will not believe that you didn't do it because they said it on TV. And we got 189,000 witnesses. <laughs> I know them better. <laughs> right. I love it. That's crazy, man. Choke No Joke on the air with multi, multi-talented director and producer, Choke No Joke. Hey, man, let me, let me ask you about some of the prior, some of the work that you've done previously, like some of the BET stuff, man. What what was it like working with BET, and what did you actually do that uh, that was done over at, at BET? Oh. Uh-huh. Well, I, I was a producer for Rap City um, at, at one period, and then and then I was a producer of BET Now. But mm-hmm. I produced like other shows and segments for like 106 and Park, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what else? Uh, Notarize, uh, what else? Um, I did like BET specials. Uh, did some shooting for like the student center and black carpet, but, but mostly I was the producer for Rap City and BET Now. Wow! Which Alicia Renee and Lamorne was mm-hmm. the host, and Rap City the host was for a period of time. It was J Nix, and then after J Nix, it was Mad Lynx. Yeah, like I came in right after Taylor left. Wow. Rap City, man. I wish we could get that back, man. That I, I love Rap City, man. It was it was real authentic. But you know, <laughs> you know, if Rap City was was here now with all the artists that we got out now, whom which a lot of them I don't know, but man, it, it would be a lot of edits. <laughs> a oh, whole man. lot of edits. It was a lot of edits back then. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they used to get mad at me. I'm like, nah, no, no, no edit. Okay. <laughs> Let the people you know, know if they went straight through. Maybe right. they know how you can't embarrass them like that. I might like, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But you know, when I at BT I, I you know, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time there. You know, when I first got there, it was like like at that time that was like, you know, the highlight of of my life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. I was Actually producing the show, excuse me, producing the show that I watched for years, like yeah. half my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to finally, like, you know, produce my first show and everything, like, and be sitting, you know, and then the director's chair it was like a really great feeling. I was really blessed with that. No doubt, but a lot of hard work put into that too, though, man. I mean, you. Man, you you've been going at it for a long time, and you know to be successful at what you do, 
especially by this this field being so like so broad, man. The entertainment industry is so broad and it's and it's so grueling and it and is the hours are endless. So I mean, you you definitely got to give some props to yourself, man. You got to be modest in front of P or none of our listeners, man, because we definitely always you know show people love who put in the work. And we all about that. You know what I mean? So shout out to you, man. B.I.G. Shout out to you for putting in that work, making that stuff happen, making it come through, making the dream reality, basically, you know? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, you know what I do, man? I just, I, I, I got a vision board. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I write down everything that I want to do on this big uh, dry erase board. And I just knock them off one by one. Man. And no matter how big or small the thing is, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Some stuff might all happen, you know, like six things might happen in one day. You know what I'm saying? And that, that one big thing might be the last thing, but I'll knock everything off. And But I will get that that one big thing. I don't, you know, I just, I just go for it. Because if you see it every day, then, you know, it kind of keeps you focused. Sure. You know, striving to get it. You know what I'm saying? Well, I like that too. That that's that's B I G right there. That's a jewel. I we don't got my jewel sound, but that's a jewel right there for people who are listening, man. You know, if you got a board or you got a piece of paper, write it big on the mark or whatever you gotta do, but put it in front of you so every day you can see it and you'll be motivated in making it happen. That that's a B I G jewel right there. So we appreciate that. I hope folks got that too. Hey man, in in film you know, there, there's a lot of people listening too because I got a lot of email about you coming on the show and people had questions. But uh, just to sum up a few of them, how would somebody get started in film today? Because there's a lot of people that uh, are aspiring producers or directors and writers, and, and a lot of people want to act. So, you know, what's something that they could do to help their career out or, or to jumpstart their career? Well, now, you know, it's a little bit easier. Because, you know, cam- you got great cameras for low cost. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you do. So, you know, it's a lot It's a lot easier for you to do it if you're serious about it. But what I would do is, um, if you're thinking about making a film and you have an idea, just don't take no camera and try to freestyle the idea you know, go, doing it as you go along because it's going to come out garbage. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You take your time, sit down, write out your idea, you know, from beginning to end and figure out how you can execute it, you know, to the best of your ability. You know, get all your players involved. Make sure, you know, you get all your monies involved if you have any money to do it. Or if you don't, get all your resources, you know, and put, you know, line all your ducks up in a row and then go at it. You know what I'm saying? Don't start start at it at the without, you know, putting a plan together. Sure. So, yo, I'm going to shoot this movie. Yo, we're going to shoot this movie about dudes that be on the block and, and <laughs> dudes get robbed and, you know, he get killed. And, you know what I'm saying? So, yo, meet me tomorrow, and I'm going to shoot you, you know, walking out the door and walking out <laughs> the building. You know what I'm saying? 
and then tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna, we gonna shoot the shoot 'em up scene. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it, it, it don't go up, it don't go down like that. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you know, you gotta get your dialogue together. Dudes gotta rehearse. You know, me, I, I don't like shooting without a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure everybody's on the same page instead of sitting there burning tape. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, that's what I would say. Write write your idea down first. Get all your key players together. You know. Then, you know, put a schedule together. Shoot it. You know, do your post production and see what you got. And before you put it out, make sure you let you know a, you know, your worst critics see it and get their opinion. And if they like it, then you know you got a good product. Mm, that's a good idea. Get your worst critic. I like that. Is it uh is is the film festivals? Is is that a resource that people can use? You know, to pretty much get their films shown, and uh, and and even actors. I mean, is it is it cool to make like an acting reel of of just some ideas that you might have with some small treatments? Um. The film, the the film festivals, they good for you because they give you like a, a stamp. Like if you, you know, you win an award or something like that, you know, just even making it, you know what I'm saying. Companies take that serious, you know what I'm saying. They look at it as, all right, you made it in the film festival. Uh, I'll I'll take a chance and look at your film. Mm-hmm. Opposed to you just trying to hustle it to them, you know what I mean? Like you got you got you got some kind of stamp when you went through a film festival, and it's good networking. Depending on where film festival you go to, right? You know, you might just run into somebody that like your film, and you know they'll cut you a check right there. You know, and you got some film festivals. You might run into somebody, and you know they give you an offer, and you. Be doing the back and forth lawyer thing for a minute. You never know, but I mean, it's worth submitting your stuff to it. Right. It's going to cost you probably twenty five, fifty, a hundred dollars, depending on what festival you enter. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. I mean, it's a lot of, and ain't no guarantee you're going to get into it just because you you paid the submission fee. Right. But you know, if you believe in your work, then what you got to lose. That's right. Got to gotta invest in your work, man. Got to invest in yourself if you want to make it. That's for sure. Is there, is there any, um, I don't, I don't know, you know, you're probably privy to some stuff that, that we're not or that my listener audience is, isn't, but, uh, what about, you know, like any, any sites where people can get on and, and maybe look for some films that they can audition for or just auditions in general, any idea about, you know, finding auditions for, for some of the actors out there? For the actors, um, I mean, they could they go always go online and search for auditions, depending on what what state and city that they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, in um, L.A. and New York, they got different newspapers uh, that cater to actors, where you know you can look in look in them and see. Uh, what projects they got coming up and what casters they got coming up. Um, 
Same thing online. Could look online as well. Or, you know, either get a casting agent, um, a casting agency, or a manager and let them handle that for the, the actor. Cool. They don't have the resources to do it. And, you know, you hire somebody to do it. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of um, a lot of modeling agencies also handle like the acting actors too. You know, uh, uh, unexperienced actors, if you will. So you know that that's kind of big too, right out there. So that that's another gem for people to look for. A lot of modeling agencies out there, they also do acting too, and um, try to get your stuff out there. Um, I gotta ask and you, man. Modeling, you know, modeling isn't just walking on the runway. Yeah. You know. It's all kind of models. You know, some people think it's just, you know, models that do the one way, do print, um, uh, do commercials. There's hand models, there's feet models, like air models. You'd be surprised (laughs) how much people make money off of just using different parts of the body. And, you know, you don't have to be the prettiest chick, but you, if she got some pretty hands, she yeah. can make a lot of money. <laughs> Hand modeling, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I know a girl, like, she got to cover old magazine. You know, they use her hand, you know, just reaching for something. She just got pretty hands. Wow. You know, and she's psychic. It ain't. Cause she got the cover, but they ain't showing her face. Yeah, it's her hand. Well, she make money off of it. You know what I mean? He couldn't ask for better. <laughs> that's yeah, that's capitalism in America. Shout out to Janar, man. That's crazy. Capitalism at its best, right there. Without being an extremist, man, you gotta like I always say to people, man. Capitalism in the hood is a is a good thing, man. It we you know to go get the dollar, to make that dollar, to earn that dollar. That's a beautiful thing, man. Cause you know, we come from places where we don't ask nobody for nothing, man. We take what we want, man. And, we, you know, we some of us do it the wrong way. <laughs> so a lot of us do it the right way, you know what I mean? And um, you're the example of that, man, that I that I used a lot. And I was glad I found you on Twitter, too, because I definitely used you a lot. And um, I was I was know, mainly talking about the last days of the rock, which is, you know, I know a lot of people listening to hear about that. But before that, man, I, I want to ask you about one thing, something that's I still haven't seen because I ain't really taking the time to go up there. But Lowell, Manhattan, were you in New York on 9-11? Yeah. Man. I was, in my, I was at my mom's house in the BX, in the Bronx. Yeah. And um, when it happened, I seen it, you know, I seen it on the top of it, first one hit, and I went on the roof cause from the roof. Where my mom's lived, it's like 15 stories. Mm-hmm. And I could see, like, the smoke all the way down at the bottom of the island coming up because you could see the World Trade Center from that roof because it's so high. Right. And, yeah, it was, man, it was crazy, man. I was stuck. Mm-hmm. I was stuck in front of the TV for, like, 12 hours, not knowing what the fuck to do. Right. On my life. Wow, man. I, what What was it? What was it like, like uh, around the city? I mean, what were people really saying? Because you know, I, you know, I called all my people in there. Why I called everybody in Jersey, and you know, you got various opinions, man. But 
just to you, man, what what was that experience like to you, like uh, around the neighborhoods or around your mom's house? I know it was unbelievable, but you know, just tell us a little bit about you know what that what that day or, or two was like after that. That day or two was that was the first time in my life that I could say that. Racism didn't exist. Mm. I'm telling you, racism did not exist. Everybody was the same color that day. Mm. Blue, scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I, I'm, and I, I mean that, man. Like, everybody was, like, really embracing one another, scared for each other. And it, I never experienced that. So, like, I say, like, the day and a half, two days. But the third day, it was back to normal. Once everybody knew it was, it was cool, it was over, and, you know, <laughs> shit, the bullshit was back. But when that happened, it was like, we, we were definitely all Americans. Wow. That's crazy. No, nine eleven was it, it was serious, man. Outside of the city, I mean, you know, everybody was. I remember coming to work and it was going down, and I thought it was like the premiere of a new movie. You know what I mean? It where I worked had yeah. a bunch of TVs around, and, and everybody was like looking at the TVs. I'm like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, ah, man, they let them do that to the World Trade Center. How they do that? You know what I mean? Not even really thinking serious. And then one cashier looked at me, and then right about that time, I think a customer walked in, and that's when the next plane hit. Bam. And people like drop to the floor, like, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? And that's when I realized, like, oh man, this is for real. You know what I mean? This is really going on for real. We, oh, who we at war with? You know? And um, yeah. you know, like you said, it, it was at that time. Man, everybody was together then. You know, everybody was together. Everybody was wearing their American flags on their chest and their their ribbons and all that. And I didn't wear one. Lady asked me, she was like. She was like, P, why are you not wearing a ribbon? I'm like, because I've been together. That's y'all that ain't been together. <laughs> I've been with everybody. <laughs> That's y'all that need the right. ribbons to be like, I'm good now. <laughs> I was good from the start. <laughs> 619-638-8559 on the air with most famous Choke No Joke, super producer, super director. Yeah. Choke, let me ask you, man. The last days of the rock. Can't hold it off no longer, man. I this This is probably... I don't know. I gotta say, it's it's definitely in my top five. Um, I like to call it documentaries. Definitely one of the top five pieces of work that I've seen from somebody that I can reach out and touch. You know what I mean? And uh, and man, how did all that even start? How did that come about? You know, for you even even to be filming around that time. Um. After after like the total close, I was putting out when uh, the DVD format came in. I released Tunnel One, Two, and Three all at the same time. And uh, then when I put out my fourth one, which was uh, the best of JD, um, I was I went to a friend of mine named Emmanuel. She was working at Rockefeller, and you know she also. As an actress, you know, so we used to work on, you know, films together and stuff. But um, 
she was working in the video production department, and uh, I told her I was putting out through Jay-Z DVD, uh, live performance of Jay-Z at the tunnel, and if they had any commercials or trailers to put on it, mm-hmm. you know, you know, let me, you know, give them to me, and I'll throw them on it. Mm-hmm. So she told Dane, Dane wanted to see the DVD. He was impressed with it, and he was more impressed that, you know, I did it all alone, you know, as far as the production and the manufacturing and, you know, everything. Oh, yeah. And um, so he was like, you know, he asked me to come work with him, and he asked, you know, I was like, you know, he actually was out available, I think, the next day, and he was going to the De La Hoya fight, and he wanted me to, you know, document it. And I was like, yeah, all right. And from that day on, I started rocking with him. <laughs> and I worked there for like four years. Wow. that's, a, that's a, That was a long time to be around at, at the highs and the lows of Rockefeller, too, I might add. Um, so, so mainly, you know, when you came in, you know, from the door, you know, I, I won't say that, you know, you were one of them, but you you saw the whole team and was became part of the team, right? Well, I mean, if, when you say the whole team, what do you mean? Like the artists, the staff, the... Yeah, I mean the Rockefeller the, staff. That, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about the Rockefeller staff, not not even the artists or nothing yet. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I became a part of the team. I mean, well, as far as Dame team, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I, I, you know, as we all know, they were separated. Sure. You know, as far as... <clears throat> so... Even though people didn't know back then, it was it was still, you know, some type of separation. But yeah, I guess you could say I was. So I mean, you you what you saw a lot a lot a lot of things going on that like the public had no idea of. Was it like you know, were you, did you have to sign a confidentiality agreement saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to talk about this or I won't bring that up or I mean, was it just understood? Nah. No, no kind of contract, nothing like that with Dane? Nah, no contract. Wow. So, I mean, what, what really went sour with the whole, you know, through that time? Because, I, you know, as, as I remember, I know Beans was getting locked up at the time. Beans was back and forth in court. You know, those things were happening too. But what actually, like, went sour within Rockefeller to make them separate on, on such an extreme basis in the public eye? Uh, you know, it ain't just one thing. It's just a, a number of things. And like, uh, like Nas said, man, life changes, best friends become strangers. Yeah. And they grow apart. You know, people really grow apart like that. Look at, looking at that, you know, back then, and, you know, I look at your videos now, and it's a it's a how many part series? Is it 12 parts? Four, 14 parts? 16. Might have been more than that. 16? Yeah. 16 part series that you got where where can people find that uh youtube backslash choke no joke and there's also you got um you know other videos on there for folks That's to you, watch sorry youtube.com mm-hmm. backslash choke no joke youtube.com you google choke no joke and you know last days of the rock parts on the 16 whatever one you're looking for you'll find it because you know, Worldstar.com had it. 
Mm-hmm. Vlad, Vlad TV had it. So, you know, you can find all the parts between 1 and 16 by just Googling it, you know, last days of the rock, the part number and choke no joke. Is the, is, is the Illuminati in hip-hop real to you, brother? The Illuminati is just a blanket name of <laughs> secret societies. Mm-hmm. So do secret societies exist? Of course they do. We know they do. Right. Because you hear, you hear, I know, you know, Prodigy talk a lot about the Illuminati, you know, and what's going to happen. A lot of people link Jay to the Illuminati. And I mean, I don't know if if there are multiple groups that make up, you know, what people like to call the Illuminati. I mean, what's your take on it? I mean, I, you know, when you hear people talking, people talk real reckless about, you know, the Illuminati and the takeover of the world and this, that, and the other. And it's all a big conspiracy. But at the end of the day, every conspiracy has some truth in it. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what's your take on it being that you've been around hip-hop for so long and you work in the field, in the entertainment industry, period, being film and music? What's your take on it? I, I just told you, like, Illuminati is a blanket name for a bunch of secret societies. A, bu- a group or a bunch just, of secret societies. Yeah. I mean, it ain't just... It's like... Uh, calling uh, all the frats in the, at the colleges the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. You got your yeah your Kappas, you got your Alphas, you know you got your AKAs, you got your Deltas. You, you know what I'm saying? All of them is Illuminati. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that that's you know when so when someone say Illuminati to me is just like you know, saying oranges. There's a, there's a <laughs> bunch of different types of oranges. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or apples. There's red apples, there's green apples, there's candy apples. So, when you know, when I hear it, that's how I, I view it. It's like right. you're not, you're talking about, you know, a bunch of organizations. Isn't isn't that you know? I, and, and I could be wrong, but is it is it really? Is it really just the industry, man? I mean, you know, you, you're gonna have like cliques, and you know, people say secret societies, man, but you, you're gonna have cliques and and certain groups that just roll with each other, and you know that you can call them what you want to call them. But is it really just to me? The Illuminati is really just the industry, man, and. And and people are just really realizing what the industry alone does and what they require for you to be successful. I mean, that's that's kind of what I think it is, and I, and I think it's overstated a lot because as soon as like you know one artist becomes like 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 choke no joke for example, you know what I mean. If you became a Spielberg, you'd automatically be in the Illuminati. You know that's where people like to take it. It seems like to me the minute. Somebody gets paid or, or gets to a certain level of success, they're immediately grabbed up and thrown in the Illuminati. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, it's, it's just that I don't know. It's just that certain certain people may say that, but certain people probably 
know more than the average person that can see different things and, you know, and know that that, that, that it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, the, the witch called the biggest trick the devil did was what? <laughs> Make you believe he didn't exist. <laughs> All right, then. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt on that. That's that's real too. Um, let me ask you about like like the last days of a ride. What kind? Did you have to get? You know what I mean. You own the rights to that to that film because I mean it it was real controversial, and um you know we ain't got to get into all of that because you know that story was that story ended how it ended whatever. But so far as doing a film like that. You know, did you have the rights to that, or did you have to acquire the rights to that, or was there any court involved, or, you know, it no. once you no. No, I, I mean I shot or everything that you've seen. I shot myself mm-hmm. with my camera that I purchased. So that I that automatically that automatically give you gives you the rights to that. Because I'm asking because, like, let's say, you know, we got a lot of expiring uh, directors out there. So, you know, once you go to shoot a film for somebody or you go to tape for somebody, you know, if they if you shoot it with your own equipment, is that considered, you know, your work of art or, or if they provide the equipment? I mean, is yeah, that... If, 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 you, if you're not... If you're not under their, what you call it, under a contract with them mm-hmm. and, you know... It's the same. Look at it as this, you know, a paparazzi uh, uh, photographer or whatever. If someone hires him to come and take, you know, cover their event or whatever, that don't mean that they own all his pictures because he came and took pictures for them. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Right. You want you want copies of the pictures? You want to upload the pictures? Or now, if you want to buy the pictures, then that's something different. Mm-hmm. But if you just want me to come and cover your event, then that's something different. Wow. It depends on what, what you negotiate with the person. Do you think? Do you think social media? Well, you know what? We we pretty much covered it, all the social media stuff, man. Let me just. Let me ask you a couple of questions about the community, and our, our time's almost up, man. But what what do you think of the urban community today? I mean, through your camera lens, and you're shooting the film. What do you see in the urban community today? You know, the state of the urban community today. That they letting those those the powers that be. Manipulate their mind to do a lot of stuff that they they shouldn't be doing. As far as dressing, when women's clothes, mm-hmm. lipstick, dressing up as you know dudes being Ken Bobs and all this other nonsense. You know they're giving. They get they got these kids' minds twisted, you know. If 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 you know if if the kids are are 
born a certain way, then so be it. Let them be what they are. But when they're being influenced by this artist, that artist, this show, that movie, you know, to be a certain way, when we know it's not right, then, you know, that that that's what I'm seeing going on in the urban communities. I'm seeing a lot of influence from, you know, entertainment. Got these kids out here bugging out, dying their hair blonde, like little dudes, damn, they want to be girls. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't, I, I don't get it. And they, it's like they don't, they act like they don't see nothing wrong with it. Like, and they don't see nothing wrong with it because they're seeing it on television and they seeing who they think is the coolest artist doing it when they're put in a position to do what, they, what they're told to do with their puppets. So they are told to do certain things for that, that you know, for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing that, that the influence in the urban community is, is really, 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 really has a strong presence right now. Yeah, I definitely gotta agree with that. It's um it's almost agenda. You know what I mean? It seems like agendas control or drive ideas along with entertainment. And um I don't know if parents just don't have no say so anymore. I don't know if, if because parents have gotten younger they're more acceptable to things that older parents wouldn't. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's just the overburden of of kids watching TV and video games versus going outside to play. You know, it's so much agenda, man, that that's stirred in that pot. And, uh, you know, the outcome is everything that you just named and more that we faced. But, um, you know, I, I ask you, brother, is it, is it, you know, what can we do to change some of that? I mean, are there anything, anything that we could actually do at this point to change some of that? Or to change the direction of some of our youth? Uh, I mean, the only thing to do is, you know, talk to the ones that you you, you can grasp, the ones who are going to let you get their air, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. you can show them right from wrong or, you know, what it was and, and what it is. You know what I'm saying? True and, and where it's going. So, I mean, you can try, and I, I encourage that you do try. You know, even if you reach one person, that person, you know, maybe they they can they bring their kid up the way we was brought up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that's what was happening is the way our great grandmothers and grandmothers you know, raised us, you know, our mothers and the morals, you know, a lot of that is gone because of laws, you know, simple as you can't discipline your kid anymore. You can't beat your kid, you know, and I think anyone should be beating their kid, but at times kids need to be disciplined. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, with that, are you being stripped by that? You know, these kids is a little more reckless. And then, you know, like, if, if you look at these kids now, like, 
a lot of them be tatted up before 18, right? Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. And you need, you got, legally, you got to be 18 to be tatted. And a lot of these kids come home with tattoos, they ain't even get their mother's permission. But you don't see nobody going to sue these tattoo parlors, right? No, nope, not at they, all. They, because they got accustomed to believing that this is part of a, the culture. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's not for fun to get a tattoo. Or it's not for fun to get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Or it's not for fun to get a, a weird-ass piercing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where, and they're not even 18 yet, 21, to reach adulthood to know that once they get, like, 25, they're going to regret half of the shit that they don't put on their body. Amen. <laughs> for real. You know, so, I mean... As long as you got these these the, these kids looking up to your Nicki Minaj's and they on that platform that that gives them you know that gives them access to millions of people you know and they have that strong presence and influence then it's gonna happen right. You know how many girls are turn gay just because they're making it out? Man, I couldn't. Or think, or think they get gay or yeah. just try to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she's running around with a boyfriend. Yeah, right, so that's right. She on, and she's on records and, and videos and she's pro-lesbian, but she's walking around with a man. Yeah. But these, these kids are going to go and do it because, you know, this is what she put out there. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. Wow, that's heavy, man. That that's you know that that's something. You know, I started a campaign, and a friend of mine, me and my friend Rashad Woods, shout out to Rashad Woods and his wife Contessa Woods. They got a travel service too that they do. Check them out on Facebook. But we started a campaign called "I Love I Love Being a Black Father." You know, and uh. You know, it's more of a movement, man. It's not just a Facebook and a Twitter page. It's definitely a movement because, you know, when you hear black father today and uh, people equate that with, and even our president, man, they equate that with deadbeat. You know what I mean? They equate that with biological father or sperm donor. You know what I mean? And, And through all this time, People, these kids pick that up and they hear that, and just people in general. So now it's almost an expectation. You know what I mean? And, and you know, a lot of fathers are missing in the households, man. A lot of them. But there are a lot of mothers there, too. So, you know, I just say that, man. I just say that to say, you know, everything that you just said has a lot of merit to it. But, you know, I'd also add that, you know, all the fathers out here, that, you know, we need to stand up, especially, and especially black fathers in black communities, man, because we're looked at as a powerful individual within the community, but outside the community looking in, we're, look, we're looked at as all those names I just called before. You know what I mean? So I challenge everybody out there listening, man, and all the people you know, my brother, I, I hope you pass the word to people, join this movement, and, and let's take back the proper name of a black father today, because you know we're we're being ridiculed for a lot of things that people think rather than what they know. You know life is hard, man. Life is real hard for a lot of people. So 
You never know someone's situation. Yeah, for a while. I mean, you got you got to think too, man. Like, like black father, you know that that persona, or, you know that image that you just said that a lot of that was painted by the black woman. Sure, I hear it all the time. You know what I'm saying, or the black mother. You know what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like. I dig it, and I'm with it, and I follow it because I'm a father. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But, you know, I don't really care to think what people say or view me as when they don't know me. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's, that's just a title, you know, like, you know, someone, you know, saying nigga to, to each his own mm-hmm. or what it means to you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, I... I'm all for your movement, you know what I'm saying? But when I hear black father, you know, I just take that as, you know, a black man that's been there for his his family or his kids. I don't take it as nothing less than than that. Well, you know what? That is something different. I hope that, um, I hope that we can get everybody looking at it that way, man. Instead of taking these kids' minds and, and they got to hear, you know, he ain't no good or he ain't this or your father ain't that. And, you yeah, know. There again, like I said, that's coming from the black mother. It is. They it don't is. have to do that. It is. You know, and a lot of that comes from, you know, the the the, the relationship being severed and the, the guy moving on and having a new family and or whatever, you know. Whether he was in the right or he was in the wrong, you know, that shit. The kids shouldn't hear that. You know what I'm saying? No, exactly. Once the kid get of, of age, they'll know what the, the, the father is or have done or whatever. But once you be paying that picture and knowing that you contributing to the father not being there, like y'all not talking, so now you can't see the kid. Or she get upset and move out of state. That's real life. Creating a distance. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Or or there's no communication between you and her, so you can't talk to the kid. But then it slipped as you wasn't you wasn't there, or you you ain't spending time with them, or you know you're a deadbeat when you created a distance. Or you're not allowing me to see them because you're not speaking to me, mm-hmm. you know, and you're talking bad about me. But you're contributing to my absence. To me, man, it's important. Like like the conversations like what we're having, it's important yeah. for, for folks to have these conversations, man, because they don't, they frankly, they don't have it. You know what I mean? If you've been told for so long that, you know, your pops is no good, no good, no good, and then when you get older, you know, you you on autopilot by then. And, and now, you know, once you're older, then it's up to you to believe, well, you know, your mother moved away and, you know, it wasn't this and that and the third. You're going to be skeptical already. You know what I mean? And, and this is real life. Like you said, like people can move away. They just won't let you, <clears throat> pardon my voice, they just won't, you know, some women or some men won't let the, the opposite parent see the child. You know, and it's, and it's a it's a huge situation, man, and this can impact a life tremendously, man, tremendously. 
At least I think so. This, this is my analogy to that. Uh, a kid's brain is like a fresh ball of clay, right? Mm-hmm. And the mother, if, when, if there's a separation and the parent that has control of the kid, they're forming, playing with this clay, right? And as the older the kid gets, the the harder the, the clay gets. Once they structured the brain of that kid to what they want to be, once the time they hit a teenager, that, that, uh, that clay is now solid, mm. ceramic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and and that's what it thinks, and that's what it knows, because it's already, you know, already, uh, like, set in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, now it would have to take you to go and take that and put it in the, the kill and melt it down and, and, and restructure it to, to un, uh, you break it down to your kid, the, the situation between you and the parent, and that happens in adulthood somewhere down the line when they have lived and seen what has been, you know, see what it is to be a parent or have matured and, you know, got knowledge of life. For sure. And then you, that's when you see, you know, kids that hated their parents make peace with their parents. You know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. So, <laughs> If you there, if you you know, if you're not, you could be there with a kid and live with the parent. You know, y'all could be together until the kid is seven, eight years old, and separate. You know what I'm saying? And by the time the kid's eighteen, he, he's hating you like you've never been there. That's right. You know what I'm saying? So it's the time period and and which where the kid is at to understand what's going on, you know what I'm saying? And where uh, one parent, you know, can, you know, control a kid's mind and make them think that the other parent wasn't there at all. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, man, we could talk about that for months. Serious, man. It's it's horrible, man. It's horrible. And, um, you know, if we can change something, man, I, I'm I'm set out. You know, I, I set my life to this, man. So I'm set out to try to change something in somebody. You know what I'm saying? Try, we got to change somebody. But anyway, man, I, look, it's it's time. My time is up. But I do want to give you the chance to, you know, let us know about any future projects out there or any shout-outs you got to give, man, or, you know, whatever you got to say. You got the floor, brother. All right, man. Well, first off, you know, y'all stay in tune with me. At, on Twitter, that's C, uh, at CNJ, CNJ as in choke, no joke, CNJ underscore director. Or, you know, come and subscribe to my YouTube page, uh, youtube.com backslash choke, no joke. You can find a lot of days of the rock there. I just started a new series called Flashbacks by Choke, No Joke. Uh, I put out two episodes already. First two was on Foxy Brown. One was on her hearing loss. Number two was when she had the uh, Calvin Klein campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow I drop part three, which is going to be Destiny's Child, the original Destiny's Child, mm. uh, performing live at the NBA store. And um, also I'm going to 
put out some more stuff, but y'all got to, you know, check the YouTube page for that. And you can also catch my stuff on VladTV.com. That's V-L-A-D-T-V.com. Just put Choke No Joke in the search. All my videos will pop up on Vlad. And um, other than that, you know, my movies in stores now, Cold Blue, starring Vincent Pastore, J.D. Williams, Sunday Carter, Gano Grills, Jay Yorker, uh, Usman Sharif, and Dennis White. And y'all can get that at www.blackstarvideo.com or go to blackstarvideo.com, call up the store. No matter where you at, cross seas, Japan, they'll ship it to you. And my documentary, I Am Choke No Joke, the one that, you know, everybody call the Rockefeller Break of DVD. Uh, you can get that there. You know, check out for my music. Um, that you know, I got music on my YouTube.com, Choke No Joke page. I got some projects coming up. Uh, I'm working on the Caribbean Queen right now, mm. which is a documentary uh, type reality show that I shot in Jamaica at Hedonism Two and in Turks and Caicos at Club Med. Seventy models. Uh. All competing for a cash prize. Wow. You know, fashion shows, commercials, runway, it's all all that. But y'all gonna enjoy this. Buy the high candy on that one. Yeah, I got to check that out. I, I, I like that, man. Yeah, I'll be yeah. I'll be hitting you up for some collabs too, man. I'm trying. I feel like rapping again. I'm nice too, Chalk. I ain't no chump. <laughs> Where yeah. it up? Hey, well, yeah. let me know, man. I'm here, man. Yeah, I'm a, um, I'll send you a link to something I did, man. But um, I'll keep in touch with you, brother. We'll bring you back. You know, every time you get one of these shows off the ground, man, we'll bring you back. You know, let the people know what it is, man. We got 189,000 listeners out here. They all on the air tonight, I hope. So they all checking it out, or they will check the delayed broadcast. Shout out to the people in L.A. Shout out to D.C. Choke, no joke. One love to you, homie. Appreciate you coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing real quick. No doubt. Which goes when you ask me about, um, you know, when when you when you go out like when you see a lot of the footage of, that I have, mm-hmm. I used to just go out and shoot wherever the artists were at. Mm-hmm. So when you see like Foxy Brown and Macy's, and and uh, her at the press release, and tomorrow you're gonna see Destiny's Child, you know, back then you just go and you shoot it, just like the Rockefeller stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if I knew dudes was down there shooting a video, I'd pop up. That's how we did it. But I do suggest that when you do shoot stuff out there now, try to get a release uh, signs or get a verbal release by having the person say on camera that they allow you to use the, the footage for whatever you want to use it for. Mm. All right? That's gotcha. the joke we're going to leave you all with. That's another joke right, right there. Choke, no joke. Audie, appreciate it, brother. Now, I'll be in touch, man. All right, man. See you on Twitter, man. Chuck no joke underscore director. All, All right. right. One love. One. Choke no joke, man. B.I.G. Shout out to my man, Cho, for coming through. Dropping some jewels with us, man. Showing a whole lot of love. Hey, man. The man's busy. You know, what can I say? He took us all the way back to the tunnel. Brought us up to current date. Dropped a couple jewels. 
you know, it was a beautiful thing, man. So, you know, shout out to that brother for coming through. Shout out to all the listeners out there who listen to the KRP radio show. Next week, man, we back on our political, political. Got uh, somebody I think who's going to be North Carolina's next lieutenant governor. Frankly, I mean, normally I'm right. I don't know why, you know, I don't know what y'all think, but I don't know who else you got to vote for. I mean, who who else is there to vote for out there other than who Pudgy tell y'all to vote for? Next week, tune in. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Next week, y'all tune in. And, uh, well, I guess I got no choice. But anyway, next week, Dan Forrest, business guru, business guru, you know, coming back through. And he's going to uh, come through the KRP radio show. And let you guys know what a lieutenant governor does, what he is going to do, and why he chose to run for lieutenant governor. Among other things, man. So Dan Forrest will be on the show. I wasn't going to tell you guys who it was, but I forgot it's on the website. Shout out to Dan Forrest and his campaign. Um, Hal, shout out to Hal over there, Dan Forrest's campaign, and all the people who support Dan Forrest. We are out of here, folks. It's been beautiful. I appreciate you guys rocking with us through all the technical difficulties and this, that, and the third. It was uh, quite, quite very, it was a good show, man. I think it was a good show. Shout out to Choke No Joke for coming through. B-I-G, www.krpradioshow.com. You guys know that's the website to always check us out. Right now, 189,000 listeners, and we are the number one black talk radio, conservative radio show online today in the southeastern united states and i appreciate you guys for making us number one we are out of here next week same time same place dan force will be on the show one love